It's been a good morning so far. Praise God. Hallelujah. You ready for God's word this morning? Excellent. Excellent. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word that brings transformation. Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to brood over us, to hover over us, to, uh, to move upon us, to quicken us, that your word would penetrate into our hearts, into the deepest, most areas of our lives, to see life transformation come. Father, we want to be more like Jesus. We want to act more like Jesus. We want to do things more like Jesus. We want to see this uh, world transformed by the power of of the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you are going to do something significant in our lives today. Father, I'm believing you to do something significant in my life. Why do you say that? Lord, I'm believing for something significant in my life this morning as a result of hearing your word. Let it come into my spirit and change me in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Remember, you said amen to that. You said amen to that. That's cool. This morning I want to talk about the power of a testimony. I alluded to it somewhat uh, briefly last Sunday uh, about the power of a testimony. Why don't you say that? There's power in my testimony. Say it like you believe it. Say it again. There is power in my testimony. There is power in my testimony. I don't know you guys. I just feel like God's got more coming your way. Uh, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I sense God has got his hand upon you both very powerfully, and I think that the doors are about to open for you both. I think that God is just about to, do, to move you into a new season of doing something. Uh, I don't know what that is. got no clue what it is, but I just want to, just want to encourage you that you just need to believe that God's going to open up some doors in front of you, and I'll just encourage you, trust him. Just trust him. You're about to see some amazing things happen in your lives. Cool. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, okay. Power of a testimony. The power of, there is power in our testimony. Um, John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says that Jesus came uh, and was made manifest on the earth. He appeared on the earth to destroy the works of the devil. That's what the Bible says. And... Uh, I believe that God wants us to actually co-labor with Jesus to, to see that, that defeat of Satan reinforced. We don't have to win that fight. We just need to reinforce the original fight that took place with Jesus. Jesus won the battle. Okay? He was victorious at the cross. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. Jesus won the victory. He said it's finished. Okay? All we need to do now is to reinforce a kingdom realm coming here on earth and start to walk in that and start to believe what Jesus says about us and start to move in that and start to see things change in and around about us. One of the ways that we're going to see that happen is through the power of the testimony that we have. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 to 11, it says that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and that we loved not our lives so much as that we gave up ourselves to, to die. For, for the things that we believe in. In other words, we got over ourselves. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm getting over myself. I'm getting over myself. In other words, what we're saying is that uh, I don't give a rip what people think anymore. Or am I the only one thinking that? 
I don't, I don't give a rip anymore about what people think about me. It came to me, I was out for a run this week, and I was running up Druids Avenue, and I saw this lady, she delivers the, the, the advertising material, junk mail. I love, who loves junk mail? I love junk mail. I'm a retail therapy kid from way back, okay? I love retail therapy. Jane doesn't like me liking retail therapy, but I love retail therapy. So I saw this lady coming towards us, it was out early, early morning, must have been, I don't know, Half past seven, quarter to eight, something like that. And I, as I ran past her, I'm puffing, I'm wheezing, I'm panting, I'm doing whatever I do, I'm running past her. I felt God speak to me. He said, you need to go back and talk to that. It took me a half a kilometer to turn around and go back and talk to the lady. Okay, I'm, are you sure you want me to do this, Lord? I'm trying to talk God out of it. Okay, but I, I went back and I just, I said, look, you know, hey, I, I just ran past you before. And I'm going, <gasps> just ran past you. No, I'm, that's how I was going. And I felt I just gave this, this lady an encouragement out of God. And I thought, God, I just want to tell you, he loves you. Your life is about to change. It's very similar to the word that I gave you, but it's, it's different. But, and I said, what, what's your name? She said, Cindy. And I said, oh, hi, I'm Gary. And I just want to, can I pray for you? She said, yeah, that's fine. Right there in the street, I'm, I'm puffing and wheezing, panting like you wouldn't believe. And, and I'm praying. I was sweating as well. Like, if anyone knows me, I, I think about work and I break out in a sweat. So, because uh, I'd much rather go shopping. I mean, let's, let's be real. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think it's just so much better to go shopping. But there you go. So I prayed for this lady. Now, I don't know what's going to happen out of that. But you know what? I got over myself. And th- we, we need to get over ourselves, guys. You know, we, we've got to start to say, you know what? I don't care anymore what people think about me. I don't care if people lab- label me a Jesus freak, a Bible thumper, uh, whatever other things that you could think of that people would accuse you of uh, about being a Christian. Because I've got to tell you, I caught a glimpse of him and he's worth it. I caught a glimpse of him and he's worth it. I saw, you, know, you, you get a, a glimpse of who he is in, in the scriptures. You, you start to read the, the Bible and, and something changes and transforms and you catch a glimpse of just his, his wonder and his majesty and, and how much he loves you. Like Lena said this morning, you know, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. You know, I, I find that so hard to say. You know, my, my, my background, my upbringing, you know, it's always Dad. You know, it's just Dad. You know, it's, it's sort of like it's just, it's keep people at arm's length almost, you know, but Daddy. It's a, it's a term of, a, of endearment. It's a term of intimacy, you know? And, and this is, we've got to get over ourselves. Oh, it's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but that's cool. We've got to, the power of a testimony is that we get over ourselves enough that we actually take up our cross daily. That's what it means to take up our cross daily. You know, the, I'm now going to be identified with him. That, that's what I need to be doing. I, uh, people need to know that I'm a Christian. You know, uh, when I used to work as a police officer in, in the communications room, you know, uh, many times I had my sergeants, well, not many times, I had, a number of times I had my supervisors come to me and say, you can't read your Bible at your desk. I'm just reading my Bible. I said, well, you can't read your Bible. I said, well, you tell them to stop reading the new idea and I'll, I'll stop reading my Bible. You know, people have got to understand that you're, you're a Christian and you're not going to be a pushover. You know, there are some things that if there's no equality in the workplace, then stand up for yourself. You know, I mean, don't go, uh, be an idiot, but just um, if, if they're doing something that 
is very similar to what you're doing, and, and it's not breaking the law, and you're not like stealing your employer's time, which I wasn't, you know, stand up for yourself. We, we need to stand up for ourselves in, in, in things like that, you know? It's, it's about us being identified as, as a Christ follower, as a Jesus follower. I'm a believer. Any believers in the house this morning? Any believers in the house this morning? This is the Bible. You know, this is what, if God said it, then it's a done deal for me. You know, God says what he means and means what he says. We've got to understand that that's what it is, you know. Jesus defeated the enemy at the cross. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, it says this. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. There's this area where once upon a time Satan had full rule and reign, but Jesus defeated the enemy on the cross. He was the perfect sinless sacrifice for all of mankind. One sacrifice for all time. No longer do we have to go through the blood of goats and, and bulls and, and sheep and all that sort of stuff. Praise God for that, unless you're having a lamb for lunch. But, you know, there's this area where that's no longer the deal. Jesus was enough. Jesus was, was perfect in every way. His blood was enough to cover all of mankind's sin forever and a day. So, we've, you know, the, the, the enemy has been defeated by the blood of the lamb. It goes on to say that we help to reinforce the victory by, of Jesus by being witnesses, by testifying about God. There's this, you know, this uh, uh, commonly referred to scripture in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now quite commonly what I've always thought about this is that okay I'm, I'm going to receive power to be a witness for Jesus right where I am but then I've got to take the, the gospel out to, to wherever I go. But I believe that God can give us such a, an encounter with him that that encounter, well, it might happen here in Mount Barker but that encounter then goes viral around the world. I believe that God wants us to have such encounters with him that it captures the imagination of an unbelieving world and that they start to flock to Jesus because they might have hear, heard about the miracles, but they are confronted with the person of Jesus. They find out who he, he loves them so much, and it dramatically changes and transforms their lives. I'm going to preach to the middle bit because they're really responsive. <laughs> you got some work to do, guys. Okay. There's this whole thing, you know, that to be a witness means to speak about what we have seen and what we have heard. That's what being a witness means. Now, I, I come from a legal background as being a copper. Uh, that's, that's what I understood. It's, it's a legal term, okay? We also help to reinforce the victory of Jesus over the enemy by getting over ourselves, okay? Getting over our fear of what people think about us or say about us because of our passionate pursuit of Abba Father and his kingdom on earth. I'll tell you what, I don't really care anymore. I, I, I've caught a whiff. I've caught a sense of the fragrance of the person of the Holy Spirit and I'm in pursuit of that. I, I've seen something of what God is doing and I'm, I want to pursue that. I, I realize that people are living below their means and God has, has got uh, so, so much more for them and I want to impart the kingdom of God into their lives so that they can start to live how God wants them to live, a, a, a victorious, overcoming, full of God, full of life, life so that they can see their whole world and, and their families transformed 
transformed because Jesus is alive and he's got a plan for their life. It's a good plan. It's a great plan. And we can start to see this world completely change because of who Jesus is. It says in John chapter 12, verse 25, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. In other words, what it's saying is the things that uh, uh, I'm focused on, the things that if they're uh, apart from God, you know, God doesn't want us to just like have a dull and boring life. Okay, still live your life, but don't make that the, the main thing. Make Jesus in your world the big thing. Keep your eyes focused on what God is doing in your world right there. You know, like this morning, I, I'm, I'm, I've actually written, like, I'm not sure if you can see this, but that right there in that brown stuff there in the white letters, you see that? This is what it says to me. I've got this on written on every single page. Okay, slow down. What is God doing and saying right now? Because I tend to get the rabbit on the mouth. Okay, I just like race ahead. I've got greyhound tongue. Okay, turbo tongue. That's, uh, I get fired up and I just, you know, uh, you know, I stick the V8 in there. It's got a supercharger. I'll bang a turbo on too. You know, so I, I've, I've told myself. Every single page, slow down. What is God doing and saying right now? Because I know me. Why is that? Well, I want to see change come into my world. But we need to be in wherever we are, aware of what God is doing. What is God saying? That's what Jesus said. I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. But if we're too busy, caught up in the stuff of, of whatever we're doing... We lose sight of what God is doing and we hear, lose, uh, like the ability to hear what God is saying in the moment because we're so full of stuff in a nice way. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. I, I believe God wants us to, 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 to get over ourselves. I'm not going to speak about the blood of Jesus this morning or the giving up of our lives for the sake of the gospel. In other words, getting over yourself. But I am going to talk about the power of our testimony. There are a number of times in the Bible where God's people created ways of remembering what God had done for them. They encountered God in some way, shape or form in their world, in their lives, and that created within them a desire to mark that moment or that territory with some form some uh, outward sign of what God had done for them it was a reminder to them and to people around about them that God had met man in that moment and that there is a story behind that memorial we see that in Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 Jacob has a dream he sees the Lord and there's a ladder and there's angels going up and going down and and he, he wakes up and he creates a memorial pillar with a stone that he used for his pillow it was a mark in a moment of time of his encounter with God we see the same thing with Moses and the Red Sea that they uh, they uh, went through the Red Sea the Egyptians were all killed as a mighty deliverance of what uh, of God's people in that moment what was the, the memorial that they actually made well in, in Exodus 15 we see that there's a song that was created to mark that moment so Moses created this song or someone whoever it was created this particular song and they sang this song to, to mark uh, the, the deliverance of, of uh, the people of Israel out of Egypt. They created a moment. There was something attached to that. In Joshua chapter 4, we see Joshua and God's people cross the Jordan River on dry ground so that they set up then 12 memorial stones to mark that moment. So it actually says in, the, in Joshua chapter 4, so that when your children ask, hey, dad, What's that pile of rocks for? Then you can start to say, well, 
let me tell you the story. Let me tell you the story. And you can tell the story then about how God delivered the people of, of, of Israel at that time. They walked across a, a river that was in flood and uh, they did it on, on dry ground. So we can start to see that there's, there's ways that we can create these, these moments in time. And I, I believe that that's, it's, it's a part of the testimony of what God wants to do. This is a book of testimony. This Bible, it's the book of the testimony of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old, uh, Old Testament and the New Testament. This is what it is. It's a testimony. So, and I believe that God wants us to, to have a testimony, to be a witness in our world of what we have seen and what we have heard. We can't, if we can't have our own testimony, I actually believe that God wants us to lean into someone else's. Why do I say that? Well, many times we go through things. We go through sickness, lack, attacks, illnesses, disease, poverty, weakness, captivity, bondage, uh, dry seasons, grief, and so much more. And when I hear your testimony of how God brought you through that moment, I know for a fact that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That what God has done for you, he can do for me. I might not have my own testimony, but I can lean into the way that God delivered you. I might not have my own testimony about God healing me, but I can lean in how God healed you. I might not have a, a, a testimony about God's provision in my life. I have this severe lack. I find myself you know, not having enough at the end of every week. But I hear your testimony how God brought you through that moment. He supplied a miraculous provision in your life. I can lean into that. And I can believe that God can do that for me because he did it for you. See, God wants us to do this. And even now, I release over people miraculous provision in finance, in Jesus' name. Even now, miraculous supernatural provision over your life, in Jesus' name. See, God's ideal is that we see what he's got for us, or we see what he's doing, and then we partner together with that. God's ideal is that we hear his voice for the answer or the deliverance that we are needing. But what do we do when we can't see what God's doing in the moment? What do we do when we can't hear what God's saying in the moment? I believe that what we can all do is that we can remember what God's done in the past. We can't see maybe what he's doing right now and the answer that we need. We can't hear what he's saying. But boy, I can remember. I can remember stories that people have told. And I can lean into the power of that testimony. I can lean into what God has done in the past, believing that he's going to bring me through just like he brought those people through. I, I believe that God has, has given us the, the ability to remember things. In Mark chapter 8, verse 18, so you've got a Bible verse for this. Okay, so it, it's, it's, this, this, it's this whole area says, because uh, uh, Jesus is going back from some place and he's just telling the guys about the bread you know, and stuff like that. He's just talking about the, the, the yeast of Herod and the, the yeast of the Pharisees and stuff like that. And the, the guys are just thinking he's ticked off with them because they forgot to bring bread. Okay? So he's saying, guys, it's not about the bread. Okay? He says, uh, having, this is what Mark 8, 18 says, Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not remember? Don't you remember? So, like, do, you have eyes but don't see. You have ears but you don't hear. Do you not remember? Don't you remember the bread? You haven't got any bread here. It's okay. Bread of life. Hey. Hey. 
Come on. It's easy. We can remember those things. It's in those times that we remember. Everyone say remember. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I remember when. I remember when. I remember when, God. Lucy, I remember when. I remember when. Here's here's an example of how this works. Okay, now I'm going to talk to you about the woman with the issue of blood. Okay? But what I want you to to realize is that I'm going to talk you through this chronologically in the way that it's actually outlined within the Bible. That the woman with the issue of blood, the way that she reached in and touched the hem of Jesus' garment, was not her idea. She'd actually witnessed it. She'd seen it happen and had heard it quite possibly as a testimony, that there was power in our testimony. Okay? So Mark chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Mark chapter 3, verses 9 to 10 says this. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so that the crowd would not crush him. And he healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. So Jesus is, uh, he's, he's on the, the side of the, the seashore at the Sea of Galilee or wherever it was. There's a massive crowd. In fact, it, it's so, so large that Jesus is saying, hey guys, there's, I'm, I'm starting to get crushed here. There's a, lot, there's a big crowd. People are starting to lean in to where Jesus was to touch him. Now, uh, a few years ago, Jane and I went over to uh, the Middle East and we were in, in, uh, in Cairo, in Egypt. And uh, oh, as it would happen, I had an opportunity to do some retail therapy. And we were walking through this, this, like, uh, this, uh, this street, and there's like stalls on both sides. And I've got to tell you, you had to fight your way through to get through like, where, where everyone was going in and out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm hanging on to my wallet. I'm hanging on to everything I can possibly think of so in case I get it nicked as I'm going through. The, you know, that's the old policeman in me. You know? it's, it's really trusting. It's, it's believing of the best of everybody. And you know, I'm hanging on to my wallet, baby. <laughs> I had my money belt as well and everything else. Like, but we, I mean, there's a crush on. You know, you had to really force your way through. It's like a... Uh, uh, a sale at Myers where you see everybody hanging outside. You know, there's a, uh, a, a massive big sale and then the doors open and everyone rushes through and stuff like that. There's a crush at the door, okay? Now, I've never been in that, that moment. I've never been that bad as a retail therapy, but you know what I mean? Yeah, Jane's been on the other end. Uh, she's been working in the shop when they've come in through there like that, like a mad rush, but that's cool. So there's this whole area where, where this story is built where Jesus has this crowd of people and it doesn't matter. Like They're just trying to reach in and touch Jesus. They don't care what they touch of Jesus because whatever it is that they touch on him, that you start to see that there's power is released through him and into people's lives and they find themselves being healed of whatever it is that they have. It says that all the sick people eagerly push forward to touch him. It's such a massive crowd. And when they touched him, they were instantly healed. The more that they got healed, the stronger the people pushed in to touch him. You start to, to hear, it's gone. The pain's gone. Uh, there's no more pain. The sores, they've, they've dried up. They've gone. There's no more so- My arm's regrown. Whatever. You start to hear these, this murmuring in the crowd, and people push into Jesus all the more. In Luke chapter 6, verses 18 to 19, 
They, they come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled with evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. Again, people are just trying to launch themselves at who Jesus is. Launch themselves in through the crowd so that they can just touch him in any way, shape or form. Some might have touched his head. Some might have touched his hand. They might have touched his arm. They might have touched his robe, his shoulder, whatever it was. Wherever they touched on Jesus, they were instantly healed. They felt something changed within them and people are walking away totally and whole they're completely healed they're free of uh, evil spirits and and and, uh, and demonic activity and they're walking or others are walking running towards Jesus because they're they're starting to see that, that there's a, a, a massive difference that's happened in the lives of people who are coming away from Jesus having gotten what they needed there's something that's different on the outside you could see that they were different you could see that they were whole now where once they went there and they might have had bits missing they might have had sores they might have had a limp they might have had a, a, a a, 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 a withered arm or whatever it was, but whenever they came away from Jesus, they were completely whole. They weren't limping anymore. Their withered hand was opened up. They, they didn't have any sores anymore. The, the blind eyes were open. People were hearing. Uh, there's such a crowd. The people who couldn't speak before, they're starting to speak. We're starting to see the miraculous happen in an unprecedented way. And people are hearing about that and they're rushing towards Jesus. And this crowd is just you know, uh, all over him. And some people are going away, you know, I, I touched him and I was healed. I touched his robe and now I'm whole. There's no more pain. There's no more hurt. You know, I, I couldn't feel this arm anymore. Now, look, I can use my arm completely well, you know. And I, I just, there's these reports that go out. The word spreads. Reports of healing and deliverances. Restoration and wholeness. We, we read in the gospel so many times that Jesus went to a certain village and everyone brought out their, their, their sick to be healed by him. Why? Because there's a testimony that had gone ahead of him. Did you hear about that Jesus fellow? Did you hear about what happened? That, you know, people touched him and, and, and they were healed. Did you hear about how he spat in their eye? I love that. Haley's a good message on that one. There's, woman... A woman, she hears this story. She hears the reports circulating around about what Jesus had, had done for people. She, maybe she heard people saying, I touched him and I was healed. I was set free. I touched his hand and all the pain went. I grabbed a hold of his robe and the pain stopped. Jesus healed me. See, the woman with the issue of blood, maybe she's heard about what happens when people touch Jesus or a part of his clothing. Maybe she saw it happening as she saw Jesus moving in a particular area. So she says to herself, if it can work for them, it can work for me. I want you to turn to the person on the other side of you and say, if it worked for them, it can work for me. See, she, she hears Jesus is going to be in this certain place. So she heads to that part of town or the place where it was that Jesus was going to be. She's in the crowd. She's surrounded by so many people. The crowd is huge. And as she's trying to make her way through the crowd, she sees Jesus. She just catches a glimpse of him. And she goes for it. She goes for it. She leans in between the bodies that are crushing in and around her. And she touches the edge of his robe. And boom, 
She knows something's different. She knows something's different. Instantly, she felt a change. I touched him. Touched the edge of his robe. It was different. After 12 long years, she's healed finally. And we know that she had faith to believe that just touching Jesus' robe was all that she needed to do. <clears throat> Matthew 9, verse 21 says, For she thought in herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. See, this is after all those other stories. Of Jesus being crushed by the crowds and people leaning in. He's healing everybody. Now she's proved it for herself. Healing power flooded through her. She'd leaned into the power of a testimony. Suddenly, Jesus stops. He looks around. Who touched me? Who touched me? Because... And this is the thing that I, you know, you often question about these passages like this. Everyone's touching Jesus. Everyone's getting healed. But this woman's different. This woman's different. Because she went there with faith. It's, it's, it's recorded there. If I just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be healed. There was a demand placed upon the person of Jesus as she leaned in. He says, who touched me? And Peter says, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. Hey, buddy, like, hello. <laughs> Jesus says, no, someone deliberately touched me because I felt healing power go out of me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fall. Have you ever seen like some people that like when they come into the presence of God? <clears throat> you know, people are different sometimes for being in the presence of God. I, I wonder if this, this woman's going, it was me. Because she's just affected by the presence of God. You could see that there's a difference on her. She says, the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. This is in Luke chapter 8, verses 45 to 48. The woman realized that she could not stay hidden. She began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. Listen to this. The whole crowd heard her explain that she believed that if she could touch Jesus' robe, she would be healed. So she reached out and touched him and she was immediately healed. She's explaining this to Jesus. The whole crowd has heard her. She's creating a moment of a testimony. She's testifying to what Jesus has done in her life. And Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace. You could hear the ripple of talk move across the crowd. Did you hear what she said? She said that she just reached in and she said all, all she needed to do was touch the robe of his, edge of his robe and, and she would have been healed. That's what she said. And it happened. 
What did she say? She said that she just needed to reach in and touch the hem of his garment. Really, is that all she needed to do? Is that all we need to do? The ripple, oh, that's impossible. No, I saw it. I saw it happen. I heard her say it. You see, this testimony doesn't stop with her, though. It doesn't stop with her. See, our testimonies don't stop with us. What God does for us don't, doesn't stop with us. That's why we need to be able to get over ourselves and start to lean into the power of a testimony. Because the testimony doesn't stop with us. God never intended for the testimony to stop. He doesn't want what's happening in you to stop with you because you then become the Dead Sea. Instead of having a flow of life through you, as a river should do, we become a dead sea when things stop with us. That's why you know, Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us. The dilemma comes in us using the key to the kingdom of God. Who are we going to open it up to? If we remain silent, if we don't say anything, the testimony stops with us. Because my Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. Fast forward five chapters in Matthew. Matthew 14, verses 35 to 36 says this. See, it's another time, it's another location, but it's the same Jesus. It's the same Jesus. Everyone say that. It's the same Jesus. Same Jesus. He says, this is what it says, Matthew 14, verses 35 to 36. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. Verse 36, listen. They begged him to let the, the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. How did they know to do that? The woman with the issue of blood. The testimony's gone viral. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. This woman's got uploaded stuff. She's even got the podcast from the sermon for that day. And she's, she's, she's broadcasted abroad that this is what God did for her. And now people understand they've heard this power of the testimony. And all of a sudden they're leaning into that. What God did for her, God is now doing for them. What God did for them, God can do for you. See, the power of a testimony is real. It works, okay? What God did for others, he can do for us. Who, who's a believer here today? Okay. You are the continuing testimony of something that was started in someone else. Because you are, if you're a believer today, you are a born-again believer because someone else told you about a life with Christ and how it's changed them so much that you leaned into that testimony and maybe you accepted Christ on the spot in the middle of a street or you came to a church service, you heard a message that really resonated with you, but you were there because someone invited you. This is how it works. You today 
are the direct result of a testimony that comes out of biblical times. Let me try and explain this. We have here a testimony about all the things that Jesus did, said, and and was a part of over 2,000 years ago. Is that right? So this is a testimony. Somehow, what happened in the moment that Jesus did these things is with us today and we've believed it. Because somewhere, someone wrote things down as a witness to what God did in those days. Now, at some point, the scriptures got lost through the Middle Ages and stuff like that, but then we had the Reformation with Luther and the whole deal. But he had a revelation of what happened back then. He read the scriptures and realized that salvation is by grace. He leaned into that. He then penned stuff, like wrote the Bible for us today. And we've leaned into that because it's a testimony of all that Jesus did in those days. We've attached faith to what Jesus has done. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So there's this area where we start to understand that Jesus has done something significant in those days and we are the direct beneficiaries of that today. See, testimony doesn't stop with us. It should carry on, creating a link to the next generation and the generations after that. See, this is what I felt. A few weeks ago, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart about making subtle changes in our services. So, and I know that there are other people here that you're hungry for a move of God. I want to allow God to as much room as, as he needs to do whatever he can do in the services. Whatever he wants to do in the services. So at each service now, we're going to make room for God to increase and grow our faith as we believe him to do the miraculous signs and wonders and miracles, healing, deliverance, restoration, salvation, and igniting people again with the flame of his presence. We're going to make room to hear for testimonies. But what we're going to do is slow things down a little bit. So if someone gives a testimony, we're going to stop right there and say, okay, is there anyone else? You need a breakthrough in this same area. And we're going to release, release that person to pray. Why? Because there's power in a testimony. And I don't want people to miss out on the opportunity of having hap- happen for them what happened for someone else. It's the power of a testimony. It's the power of a testimony. It's the power of a testimony. Jesus promised us that we'd receive power to be his witnesses through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are called and commissioned by God in the power of the Holy Spirit to confront the kingdom of darkness and to release the kingdom of God into circumstances. God, what God starts in us, he wants to release through us and to the ends of the earth. So here's some some general guidelines about a testimony. Just a few short spots, a few points, okay? <clears throat> don't embellish your story. Don't evangelistic it. Don't make it evangelistic, you know? Wow, wow. It gets bigger. It's like our fishing story, you know? Should have seen the fish. <laughs> I 
Okay? Just tell it as it is. Okay? Next, don't dumb your story down. Okay? If you knew that God was going to do a miracle, make it a part of your testimony. Make it a part of your testimony. Don't, don't operate in false humility. Okay? It's real. It's okay. Because that gives everybody hope. If you're complete, completely caught off guard by what Jesus does, make that part of your testimony too. It gives me hope. Keep your story as accurate as possible. Maintain the integrity of the story. Because as you do, God can touch the story so that it touches others and it becomes more than just a rumor. It becomes reality. So, this morning, does anyone have a testimony? Okay, so come on. Share your testimony. Tell us who you are. I would hope so. You're a husband. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vicky. I'm, that's my husband, David. Um, we, I have a financial testimony. Um, we um, have always worked part-time and God's really blessed us. And um, the last financial year, David worked pretty much full-time, um, which is more than he'd ever done. And it's a very stressful area that he works in. And it was just getting too much. And, but during that time... I'm trying to keep this short. It's just, <laughs> I'm prepared. Um, during that time, we were able to buy an investment property, which we never would have been able to do without that. And God's timing was so amazing. We actually, there were three instances where we happened to be in Queensland at the very time we needed to meet a group of people that showed us an area. The second time we happened to be there, we happened to find a block that was perfect timing. And the third time we happened to be there, we happened to be the time when the keys were handed over and we could see our new property. So that in itself was all quite miraculous. But part of that was that David's stress levels were through the roof and we just couldn't keep doing that. So what did we do? We went on a nice long holiday and spent lots of money, Um, which was really good. And I'm really glad at that point while we were spending the money, we didn't know the next bit. Because the next bit was at the end of the financial year, his hours then got cut in half and he was back to two and a half days. And we got a bit used to a slightly higher income, but we thought, okay, God, we've been here before. We know that you're our provider. <coughs> so some of the things that happened in those next few weeks, um, an, an amount of money got paid into our personal account instead of a business account. On the last day of the financial year, I rang them and said, this is the wrong account, what should we do? You can't change it now. It's the financial year's changed. You'll have to call that personal income. So there was the first fortnight's pay that got topped up to where we were used to having it. Second fortnight, I said to David, they've forgotten to pay you the new rate. They're paying the old rate. No, they found two days from last year that they didn't pay us properly. So (laughs) they're the two extra days. Second fortnight was up the same. Another instance, um, we're making those declarations checks in the mail. We got these two checks in the mail from an investment we'd made about 15 years ago that turned out to be a dud. Lost, lost all this money, thought we'll never see that again. Oh, well, live and learn. Well, we got a little bit back, <laughs> never expected to see that any of it ever. And there was another top-up to what the income we were used to seeing. So God has just been so amazing. That's great. Praise God. Praise God. Stay here. 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 I'm glad I only said it once. <coughs> That's cool. Okay. 
Who needs a financial miracle? Okay. Over here, that's where Vicky's going to be praying for you now. Okay? Go start praying. Okay? If you need a financial miracle, it's just that's where you need to go. Okay? Who's got, who else has got a testimony? Okay? Kathy? Keep it short, please, Kathy. Good girl. Um, many of you know that I actually have a heart to help homeless people. And... Um, since I've actually been praying about it, and I actually actually wrote it on a prayer, because Ryan and I, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, we actually fed a homeless man that we've now had three encounters with in Mount Barker. Anyway, since I've put on a piece of paper to pray for this man, because I believe this man is actually very influential in my life and to the vision of what God's given me. But... Um, I have just had divine encounter after divine encounter with people I've come across that actually, when I've shared what I want to do, they just want to help. And I was actually having my hair done on Friday and I was talking to the girl about, after quite a while, like an hour into the appointment, about what I want to do. And she just said to me, wow, I fed a homeless man and I think it was the same one that you did. Sorry, I get really passionate. <laughs> and also, she said, my, nan- my boyfriend's nana is Croatian. She can't speak any English and she knits socks. She said, i got a bag in my car that I purposely give to homeless people. She said, my nana's, his nana's got a whole cupboard full and we want to give them to you. I had a friend, I went into a coffee shop last Friday and I didn't, I, I just, it was actually, I'd seen Colin and Margaret and I said, oh, I don't feel like going home for lunch. I'm going to go to Sazon. I go to walk into Sazon. There's a girlfriend that I've known from football. I knew she was a Christian because we've talk, chatted before. Well, I said, oh, are you here by yourself? She said, yeah, I'm meant to be meeting a group of TAFE students and I don't think they're here. I must have got the wrong cafe. I said, can I sit with you? She said, oh, I'd love you too. So we sat together she talked about stuff's going on in her life. She talked about that and I told her about what I want to do. She started crying. She said to me, the last TAFE lesson she had, she funnily enough had done the women's ed course that I just completed. She said the TAFE teacher asked us, it sounds a bit bizarre, but they had a roll of toilet paper and they were ripped off a piece and they had to write on there what they'd like to do. She wrote, she wrote help homeless people. Amazing, so God is amazing. Yeah. Just trust him and believe him. My vision is bigger. Yeah. God's expanding yeah. it. I yeah. have not had one knockback yet. Yeah. The other day I even went and had my eyebrows waxed. And I said to the lady, didn't even nothing come up. She's the owner of the business. I see eventually us being able to use these homeless people to volunteer in the community and do gardens. Yeah. Well... I said to her, she's got white violets. Now, at home, I've got purple. I said, would you like a purple violet? She, she said, oh, my garden. Don't look at my garden. I said, can I ask you something? Would you be willing to have homeless people do your gardening? She said, yes, and they can come and do mine. People are willing. And I said, well, the idea would be that you'd probably pay us as an organisation and they would get food or some new clothing. That's my intention. I just don't see feeding people. I had a vision years ago, and some of you weren't here, but it was actually of of us as a church 
for the shed feeding people. Mm. And I believe that God's bringing that to mm. fruition now. Mm. And that was great. about three years ago. That's great. So cool. thank you. Cool. Hang on. Don't go. Don't go. You know God's put plans and purposes in your heart this morning. And you're needing divine appointments to make those things happen. Okay? Kathy's seeing that in an incredible way. So if you need divine appointments for, for those sorts of things, if you need just a heavenly hookup, okay, come and get some prayer from Kathy. Kathy's just going to go over there, and you're going to pray over there. Anyone else? Like, one more testimony. Sa- uh, Sharon. This is Sharon. Say hello, Sharon. Thank you. Um, I just want to testify to God's um, faithfulness, I guess, to his word. And when he gives a promise to somebody that he comes through in a very big way. And, you know, I came to this church about 18 years ago, and some of you will remember me, of course. But at the time, um, I was in my 40s, and um, now I'm telling my age, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. Um, There were a lot of young girls at the time, married young women, who were having babies and I desperately wanted to have a baby and I just couldn't see myself going on for the rest of my life until I had this child. And um, I felt God challenge me one morning when there was a message given about uh, Hannah and her son Samuel and I just really felt really um, such a strong thing in me to challenge God and say, you did this for Hannah, you can do it for me. And at the time, I think, uh, now that was 1999 and my sister was going on the IVF program and she started encouraging me to go on the IVF program. And so I went ahead, went to Flinders Flinders Medical Centre and was told very um, plainly and clearly that um, this particular blood test I took, that the count of something in my system would not allow me to have children. And this doctor very clearly said, you can't, there's just no way. And my sister said, why don't you go over to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital where I'm having treatment and talk to my doctor. And I went over there and he said, look, I'm sure we can do something for you. And he had a totally different attitude about it. And so I started going on the IVF program. I went on three treatments and um, each time was greatly disappointed because it just wasn't happening and um, in the end, I felt to have a break from it. It got so emotional. It was just up and down with the emotions all the time. And um, two years later, my sister had... She'd already had her baby. She went on IVF. God told her through words she would have a child at the end of the year, and she did. Great First job. treatment ever. That's great. And that's very unheard of. And so she encouraged me to go back on it, which I did. And um, the doctor said to me, look... Um, your eggs are quite old, kind of with walking sticks. And, <laughs> and um, it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, my husband at the time, when I was married then, um, he had problems with, his, uh, with internal stuff and it just wasn't happening. Um, so he suggested that we were good candidates for embryo donor program and we were told we would have to wait at least eight months, well, about three or four weeks down the track, we got a call saying we have some families that are willing to offer their frozen embryos to you. And so I was given um, four families of ten embryos, frozen embryos, and um, we started at the top. I chose the tallest family, of course, and um, went through each one of them. And 
each time it came up negative that the embryos wouldn't, um, you know, they weren't successful in thawing out. And so we get to the last family, who were the shortest. <laughs> That's your height, Jane. And, <laughs> and um, two embryos left. And um, I just went into prayer mode <laughs> and asked God to come through for me. And um, then I got this call saying, we've had success with one embryo thawing out. Would you come in and we'll implant it? And so I went in. By the time I got there, there was two thawed out. And um, so I had um, two implanted and one took. Praise God. And that was my son Samuel. He's just turned 12. And I tell you what, it's just amazing how God chooses um, the right child for mm. your family. I mean, yeah. his personality, his everything is just it's perfect. It's great. And he was on ice for 10 years before I got him. Mm. So he goes around telling everybody he's really 20. <laughs> he's old enough to drink. <laughs> and I just want to thank God because, you know, I'm 59 now and uh, he keeps me young. Yeah, it's praise God. It's good. Stick around. Stick, stay. Sharon, Sharon, stay. If you're believing for um, a child and you're finding difficulty, I want Sharon to pray for you this morning. So if uh, that's you over here, that's, that's where that's going to happen. Um, so let's, let's everyone stand this morning. I don't want to uh, just make it hard for anybody, but um, if, uh, if you want a breakthrough in, in family, then that's where you need to go with Sharon over there. But this morning, you know, I, I pray this morning that you would lean into the power of a testimony. Uh, I believe God wants us to write those things down. God wants us to actually see lives change because of what God does in and through our lives. And I believe that God can do that as we begin to give him glory and honor for everything that he's doing in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's go out with a cranking good song. And uh, God bless you.